Living Holistically Well with Dr. Annette West. Again, we will have a myriad of topics, interviews, and engaging words of thought to share with you this season. The purpose of this show is to help us build up our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And I just want to give a shout out to Creative Common for allowing the show the use of their jazz instrumental, Smooth Jazz. Now, let's get started with Dr. Annette West's topic for today. So, it's time for our podcast again this week. Thank you everyone for tuning in. It's another beautiful Thursday. And listen, on Living Holistically Well, I want to invite to the show for her second time with us because we interviewed, I called her Shantia at the time, and she didn't correct me, but it's Shantae Williams of Relentless Publishing. So last time we interviewed her on her individual book and company, but today we're going to talk about an anthology that she has put together, which of course, Dr. West is a part of this great work that she's doing. And um, we are hoping to get it into everybody's hands within the next couple of weeks. And we want to share on it today. So welcome, Shantae. Thank you so much, Dr. West. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you once again. I'm so excited. Amen. So before we talk about the book, everyone may not remember or have viewed the initial interview that we did. So share today about your publishing company and how you got into publishing. Okay, so I own Relentless Publishing House and we help Christian inspirational and children book authors to self-publish their books. So I got in the publishing industry probably at the end of 2017 as far as a business per se. Um, I published my first book in 2015. Had very little help, you know, reach out to people, people who knew things and weren't willing to share. And so I kind of learned everything trial and error. And so when I kind of got the hang of it, I helped some friends and family members publish their book. And then it was like, hey, you can do this as a business. But at the time, I felt like the market was already overly saturated. And so I was like, oh, Lord, I don't think you're really telling me to do this. And so like, I did this like little class and I said, well, if somebody signs it up, then I'll do it. And I really did not think anybody was going to sign up, to be honest. And when I got that first notification, I was like, okay, I've got to put this class together because I didn't put the class together. That's just how much I was like, I don't think I want to do this. But the class was, it was just very amazing. And so I had 10 people in that class and out of the 10, nine of them went on to publish their book in print form because their writing was in Kindle. And from then on, it has been just an amazing ride helping 
really first-time authors, people who always wanted to publish, had a dream of publish, they got journals of writing, they started writing stop, life happened. And so that's really where my core audience is at, is those first-time writers who say, hey, I'm ready to publish a book, I'm ready to take the leap of faith, I'm ready to make the investment. And so those are the people we're helping, and then they're coming back and being repeat customers and publishing their second and third books. And so it's been an amazing journey. We're in our third year, and we've probably helped maybe 50 plus people um, publish between um, print books and eBooks and just different things, and it's just been amazing. You know, I like that. I mean, I actually attended one of your workshop, publishing workshops. And so I want to tell those who are listening, just because you may already be an author, you can still uh, tap into and glean other things. Never feel like you, you've arrived or that you have all of the information and insight that you need. And you never know how you can even help in the process with something that you're going to. So I was able to sit in on one of your workshops and it was great. And you even had someone who didn't even sign up, just say, can I come in? So that's a blessing right there, you know, that you are offering this. Now, as a publisher, I think it's great that you are tapping into uh, people who have maybe a desire but aren't sure about the process because like you in 2005 when i started working on my first book people weren't even really doing much of you know um you know individual publishing their own books and works and things like that so um as you said it was totally nobody to ask and it was totally trial and error and i surely didn't get some things <laughs> even right in the process that, you know, many years later, I went back and corrected some things. But I think it's, it's it, the good thing is, it's a learning process. Absolutely. And we have to start somewhere. Yes, you can't be afraid to start because you don't have all the people, you know. I tell people all the time, publish, publish it the best way you can, right? If you don't have the resource, then you can always go back and, and make a and make a change. It's like I need to go back and republish my first emotional because I've matured more in the word and I realized, oh, that was out of context. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Guess what? I'm just gonna go make the changes and do a new edition, a revised edition. No love lost. Right. And that's and that's the way that that we should look at it because I tell you, this is what the Lord said to me. I was like, kept my second book. It was like it was like ten years from the first book to the second book, because it was 95% done when I finished the first book, but I dragged my feet. And the Lord kept saying, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done this? And so by the time I got ready to do it, guess what? I had to go back to the first one and fix it because it was volume one and volume two. And the flow had to be, you know, had to kind of go in the same pocket. And so sometimes we stunt our own growth. <laughs> we do. But the good thing is um, staying in it. So even though in those, in those nine and some years in between, I was still writing, I was still doing workshops, I was still you know, leading conference, I was still doing a whole lot of things. But then I look back and I say, I could have had all these books done if I had really focused, focused in. But I think for me personally, with the struggles that I had in the first book, I got lax. And I was like, I don't want to go through all of this again. Yeah. That's what happens. You know, if your first experience is, isn't so great, you get very skeptical. 
and hesitant on doing it again because it's like, like you said, I don't want to do that again. But I'm glad, even though it took me 10 years to get back to it, now my goal is, okay, you're going to do at least one book a year. At least one book a year. At least one book a year. So we're in April, and the book that I'm working on is a book with you, but it's a book, okay? <laughs> and, and so I hope, you know, this will be a book. And then, of course, the cookbook, I pray and hope have that out this year but in respect to this book tell us let let the listeners and the viewers know the title of the book and the purpose for the book this book is called grace for devotional volume one your purpose matters and this book is written um, for the woman who is trying to discover her purpose one who was walking and maybe got she discouraged or one who's just not sure of what her purpose is. So we're trying to motivate her to reignite her to say, Hey, you're not alone. It's okay, but you got to get up because your purpose matters. Purpose. So everyone has, everyone has a purpose. Absolutely. Does the purpose, does the purpose shift? with different things going on in our life, or does the purpose always remain the same? I think, I think your, the core of your purpose will always be the same. What you do in it may be different. For, and I'll give you a perfect example for myself. I know that part of my purpose is not only um, motivating and, and mentoring you know, teen mothers and, and women, but also there's a culinary side of me. That's like my first love. right? But the season that I'm in now by culinary side is not as frequent as it was before I came to the season I am now with the publishing and hosting the women's retreats and doing things of that nature. Now my purpose for cooking and baking and catering is still there, but it's just not, it's just not the main thing in this season. I still do it, you know, but it's just not my main thing. And so I don't think your purpose changes. I think how you navigate purpose may change because, you know, I still have a love for it. Okay. Okay, so that's good. Now, your, this particular book has 27 authors total, am I correct? 26. 26 authors. I'm including you included, so there's 24 more besides us. Yes. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a question I'm going to ask you. How easy or tough has it been to navigate through this process with so many people? It has, it has, it has been challenging. Um, even before the pandemic, you know, with everybody, you know, involved in different things, you got different personalities, you know, some people are go-getters, some people are not. And so just managing, um, it has very, has been challenging, you know, telling people, hey, this is the deadline. Then a week later, it's like, hey, um, did I miss the deadline? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so it, it's been, it's been, it's been more tough because normally my assistant would help me, but she was in the book. And so I would not dare put that extra on her. So I ended up doing it all myself. And so that did make it a little challenging because I didn't have my extra help, but it's just, you know, anytime, um, you know, that you're managing more than you, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. you your ups and your downs. It just kind it comes with the process, but you have to stay organized which I've done a pretty good job of staying organized and trying to stay on top of things, but it just, you just have to be able to manage people and you have to be a people person. 
Okay, that's good. So in this process of working on the book, <clears throat> sometimes authors will say, well, I don't need anybody to review my book before I put it out. This, these are my thoughts. I know what I want to say. And somebody's going to buy my book. <laughs> what do you say? What do you have to say as a publisher <laughs> on that? Oh, sweet darling. <laughs> As, as we say in the South, you're so sweet. <laughs> Please don't do that. You know, yes, it is your thoughts. Yes, it is your words. However, you do want it to be grammatically sound. You want your, your sentence structure to be correct. You want to make sure that you're writing in the, in the right person. And so you definitely want a professional to look over your book because the worst thing you could ever do is publish an unedited material because people don't forget and it's already in print and you can't hide it, right? You can go back and correct it, but there's people who already have that, that messed up copy that you published because it was your thoughts and you were just so proud and you want anybody to touch it. I get it, I get it. But you know, you have to understand that people are professionals and experts in different areas for a reason. And so we have to be able to allow experts to help us so that now we look like we're experts. And you just have to change your perspective on how you look at it. It's not somebody wanting to change your tone, wanting to change your book. It's somebody wanting to enhance it, to make it more marketable so they can then turn around and be more profitable. So what do you think about, because I know I'm guilty of writing from past, from past tense, even though I'm talking about something current, but I'm always going um, to the Bible, which is past even though it's current. <laughs> and so usually I get, you know, when I'm, when I'm reviewing my work and I'm sending it through the, um, the grammar programs, I always get so many initial errors. And then as I walk through those errors, I find out they're not really errors. It's just the tone that I've chosen to write from. Do, in, in your writing, do, do you think that it matters whether you, speak from a past or current as long as you can balance it i think it depends on the writing that you're doing okay um the type of writing you know for instance if i'm going to write a self-help book everything needs to be you know in current tone if right. i'm talking past tones and i'm giving you an example of maybe somebody that i read or a personal example so i think it depends on the type of work that you're doing you know, if you're just writing a fiction book or a nonfiction book, of course, you're going to have a variety of tones, depending on the scene and the characters and their personalities. So I think as long as you do it well, and there's a, and there's a, a, a well-balanced mixture of the two, that it can work. But what you don't want is there one more heavier than the other, and mm -hmm. then, it acts, then it, you come off as an immature writer. Mm -hmm. Well, I might be an immature writer sometimes. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, no, and, and I, and, but the good thing is, like, like you say, having, you know, making sure that your work is reviewed and edited, um, and taking to heart what you're reading, what someone else has said, and processing, did I really write it the correct way? Or is it something that I should possibly change? Mm -hmm. So I, I myself, you know, I'm working on that, you know. I've completed a, you know, thesis and dissertation. And, you know, I'm like, 
okay, but I, that wasn't on the Bible, you know. <laughs> you know, that wasn't a faith walk. So it's like I'm writing totally different than academically. You know, in, in academia, you write a certain flow. So as you say, you know, like I've read people's um, autobiographies, for instance, and a lot of that is going to be what? It's going to be past because they are exposing their prior life and experiences, even though it's written for today. So I, um, so that's good. It depends. <laughs> it depends, and you know, it really does on the type of work that you're writing. So um, how hard was it in this process to get your authors aligned with your vision in flow? For the most part, the majority of them got it. There was just kind of a few I kind of had to guide and say, hey, I need you to, and then I had to ask them questions. You know, what is it? What do you, what do you think your purpose is? You know, what is it that you like to do to kind of get them thinking outside the box? Sometimes you think that you are okay on a subject until somebody starts asking you questions. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was really kind of narrow-minded because I've had it done to me. You know, I'm just, you know, you just have this one way thinking and it's not that you don't think anywhere else, but nobody else has challenged you. Right. And, you know, challenging, challenging your authors is not a bad thing as long as you're trying to get to an end goal, mm -hmm. you know, not done in an offensive way. So I think for the most part, part, everybody was online and they got it. Like I said, there was only a few that I just kind of had to ask some questions and have dialogue with to get them thinking, oh, that's what you mean. Okay, okay, I got it. Got it. Now, so that, that's all. Sometimes it's just getting a different perspective on something that, okay. you know, everybody's talking about purpose. So, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the mainstream definition of what that is and not so much thinking outside the box per se. So it really wasn't that hard. Okay. So you have 26 authors in this book and we're talking about your purpose matters. You mentioned that, you know, uh, your target audience is women. I would assume even though we have a target audience, your book will still fall into the hands of many others. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, and so when you talk about purpose, I think if a man picked up that book, he would be unable to see and read the stories and get maybe a varied perspective of purpose than they had ever thought about from a woman's point of view. Oh, absolutely. Because um, we've all had a di very different journey in discovering our purpose. And some of them are still on that journey and trying to figure out exactly um, who they are and what they're supposed to do. But there's still some lessons that have been learned and that can be taught for anybody else that comes along. So I do believe that, you know, if you read it, you can get something out of it. But, you know, like you said, our target audience is that that middle aged woman, um, maybe between 20 and 40, who she's still trying to discover who she is and what she's called to do. Sometimes we get caught up in roles and titles and that's not our purpose. That's just a part of who we are. And so once we realize that we have something outside of that, then it's like a light bulb goes off. You know, we have an epiphany like, oh, OK, I can do this and this. And so that's what it's all about. Good. So this is, this is a good question for you. This is a throw it out there. So if, say for instance, if, if you were blessed today with say $10,000 and it was said this, 
I am, I am blessing you with this to build your brand, to build your business. Mm -hmm. What comes to you initially as some things that you could invest that money in to grow your business? Oh my gosh. I would definitely hire a full-time assistant to kind of help me with the admin stuff of it. Um, there are some behind the scenes systems that I would get and invest in to automate some things. Um, I would definitely, there's some equipment that I would get, um, some upgraded computers to where that would be helpful in looking at manuscripts and reviewing different things and doing hosting different trainings. And then I would also probably um, just kind of put some back in, in savings as a rainy day fund. Cause I would also want to do an office space. You know, my, my dream is to have a building where I have an event space where our clients would have their book training and then they would also be rentable to the community for, you know, certain events. I don't want a really big space, just something, you know, something that maybe a hundred people less, but to have, you know, a place where you can come to and have trainings, you know, you can come to and sit down and somebody can help you develop your book and write it out, your outline. That's really my, my overall goal for the business. Good points. So <clears throat> maybe somebody will be blessing you with $10,000. Hallelujah. <laughs> what about um, as, a, as a publishing company, what type of marketing do you recommend for people? And also, do you do marketing as a part of your, um, your business? when you are working with authors and if someone isn't an author with your company what would be some recommendations for them as to maybe economical ways to market their book okay um so right now when for all of our clients that do publish it then we do help them develop a marketing strategy at the current time we do not do marketing strategies for for clients for authors who do not work with us and the, before y'all, you know, crucify me, the reason why is because I have to know that book inward and out to be able to know who your target audience is, what are your goals, to be able to develop your marketing plan that's going to be effective for your book, for your genre, for your audience. You know, we, we don't do a cookie cutter marketing plan. Yes. You know, every client that comes, um, you know, just we're getting ready to finish a, a children's book that's on autism. And so I was speaking to the author and I was telling her, hey, you need to make sure you reach out with organizations that work with autistic children. You know, reach out to schools, you know, because this is a, a great book that can be read in kindergarten classes and all of that. And so, you know, we do very customized uh, marketing plans for each one of our clients that are very specialized for their book, for their genre, and for their target audience. The first thing in marketing a book is, number one, you have to know who you're, you're targeting. You cannot say that your book is for everybody because one thing I learned is when you write for everybody, you write for nobody. So you have to narrow down that audience. So even though like our anthology is for women, I narrowed it down and say that it's for that middle age group between 20 and 40 because the language is going to be somewhat similar so that they can both relate to it, but it's not so broad that it's really not going to make sense. You understand what I'm saying? So you in order to have effective marketing, you have to know who your target audience is. And then you have to know where they hang out at. So for instance, if our book was for millennials, marketing on Facebook would be dead. Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, in their mind, Facebook is for old people. So, you know, their Instagram and Snapchat, I think that's still now it's TikTok. So you have to know your audience. So you have to know where they hang out at. 
and you still have to get out and go networking to live events. Don't think that you're going to get everything done through social media. You're going to have to have a website because guess what? If social media sets, it shuts down today, how are you going to meet your people? You got to have an email list. So you have some way to communicate with them. That's outside of all of these borrowed platforms. Mm -hmm. Social Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of these are borrowed platforms. We do not own anything on there, but you own your website. You own your email list. You understand what I'm saying? You own the connections you make when you go to networking events. And when you, um, one of the things I did when I first moved to Columbia um, from Mississippi is I went on Eventbrite and I would look up different women's events. You know, things that I can go and sell my devotional books that are things that I think I might want to go and meet new, meet new people at. You have to be creative and think outside the box to really be able to be effective in your marketing. Don't be afraid to meet people who don't look like you. You know, we get so thinking that our book or our, our, unless you're just for one particular, you know, race or gender or whatever, don't be afraid to network with people who do not look like you, okay? Because people have different connections that can put you in spaces and places that who you thought would do it won't. Mm -hmm. So it all, it all starts with who your target audience is. And so once you have that defined completely, then everything else is a breeze. That's good. That's good. So here's another question for you. So as you continue in, in your business, you also have to continue to learn. Yes. So what kind of things do you do or, or partake of to help you stay on top of your company roles? Um, I'm actually in two different coaching programs. So I have my business coach and then I have that I'm in a program for a book coach. And so those things help me keep current on what's trending, what's popular, what's not working, what does work, some things that I may need to integrate. And then as far as the business side, it helps me make sure that my business structure is sound, that, you know, that it has a foundation so that when we have a pandemic, that it can withstand, you know, that I don't, the business doesn't fall to pieces. You know, because the world is falling, seems to be falling apart. And so it's definitely um, important that you invest into people who know more than you. Mm, that's good. You know, I mean, that's how, that's how you grow. And then, you know, I'm reading more now. And so there are just those things that, I've, that I'm choosing to invest in. I invest in the programs and services, softwares. You know, I've got two writing softwares now that I've got to figure out how to use that's supposed to help, you know, developing and formatting manuscripts even better and most seamlessly. So I've had to invest in those things. And so if you're going to be in business, you're going to have to spend money to make money. You can't just be on the receiving end and not be on the giving end. You're going to have to be able to give to give. And I also like that you, you said that you have, you know, you have coaches that you, that you are learning from. And the benefit of having a coach is that you, you get information, but you also get to ask questions. Absolutely. They reduce the learning curve. You know, things that I would have made a mistake on, now they're telling me, so be like, oh, I know not to make that decision because if I do, this is going to be the outcome. And so, you know, you invest in those things to help you be better. We, you know, in the business world, we say benchmark. What are they already doing that's good? There's no need for you to go recreate the wheel. Is available to you, tap into it, and then you build it for your brand. Absolutely. 
So it's all a learning process. So as we're um, winding down, I want to give you like a minute or so to share some final thoughts. Um, also, let the um, listeners and viewers know how they can reach out to you, how they can find out about this book as well as the other books that you have in your publishing company for the, your, yourself as an author as well as others. Okay. Um, so I just want to encourage for all of you who may, who may have said, you know, 2020, I'm going to get that book done, or you've been saying for the last five years that you're going to get a book, publish this, and it's never too late until you're in the ground. So don't allow time that has passed to stop you from time that is before you. So you're going to have to make a decision and to make the investment, whether you publish with us or with whoever you do it with. But make sure you count the cost. Make sure you do your research. Make sure you know that they've already done what they say they do successfully. You know, I, even before building my company, I researched other publishing companies to see how they packaged their services, to see what they were included, to get an idea of how to do what I'm doing. And so always research, even books that you're going to write. Go to online, you know, and research that genre. Pay attention to the book covers. Pay attention to the pricing structure. Read the reviews. Pay attention to the page count numbers. There's so many things that you can do that can make you better and, and more prepared, but you're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to do the work. And so because there's more to writing than just writing, whenever you publish a book, a book is a business, and you have to treat it like a business. Make sure you already know what your goals are, why you're doing it, what solution are you given, and how much money do you want to make. Nobody builds a business and not knowing how much profit they want at the end of the year. So make sure that you do those things. So you can find us at Relentless Publishing House, um, relentlesspublishing.com. You can follow us on social media at Relentless Publishing. You can go to the ministry side, greaterwomen.com, to get all of the books, including the anthology. It's on pre-order. And you can also follow me, the ministry side, at Greater Women. But I just want to, all of you writers out there, listen, don't give up on your dreams. It's never too late. It's never too late. Thank you so much, Shante Williams. We appreciate you coming to the show today. And we look forward to, I look forward to, even though I'm, I'm a writer in the book, I also look forward to reading the entire. It's crazy that I've already seen, seen right. pieces, but when I'll have that book in my hand, it will be a totally different experience. <laughs> As we close, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe on your favorite platform so you will receive notifications for this show. Share a comment and give a five-star rating. Join the mailing list at drannettewestministries.org. And while there, check out what's going on in our world. Also, purchase a copy of Dr. West's newest book, Holistic Wellness, Mind, Body, Spirit on DrAnnetteWestMinistries.org and Amazon. Don't forget to follow Dr. West on social media. Mm.